wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Quit beating me with a shirt. Stop playing Peggle. Welcome to Not the playing City fucking Circle Peggle. Peggle! <laughs> oh my goodness. We ruined oh that my intro. damn. What? We ruined that intro. Night. I'm joined once again by my brothers in arms, Dylan Dawes of Disengaged and Chase Williams of Disengaged. How you doing, guys? It's like the same thing. Very good. But better. It's like we're recording them in the same night. All of a sudden. No, your wife is, and she's running you into the <laughs> bankruptcy with it. <laughs> Peggle bankruptcy. God damn it. Bankruptcy. <laughs> so, we talked about last time you guys are in Disengaged and Twist Tide and Dylan, you are formerly of Cities of Desolation, one of Utah's hey. heaviest, most fun bands. I am yes, formerly sir. of the Hazmats. Thank you. Oh, that's right. Thank Chase you very much. formerly of the Hazmats. And I don't think he, I've heard of that. He took a uh, I don't know. The they Hazmats really cool song. I think you rip. stole it. Yeah, we, we may have stolen. Hazardous, our first album. No relation. <laughs> no links there. Uh, so we're getting back into Vinnie Paul. This is the second part on our two-part special on the man. Uh, rest in peace, man. He's... I'm, I'm fucking mad that he's gone and I didn't get to see him more. I saw him one fucking time and I'm fucking mad about it. Because the only time I saw him was on the very first Uproar Fest... Uh, Hell Yeah played in 2010. There was about four bands I wanted to see on the goddamn thing, and they were one of them. Where was that one? Usana? That, yeah, that was at Usana. Yeah, I never got to see them. That, oh, fuck. I almost did, because didn't they open for Five Finger one year? I do I believe so, yeah. And I wanted to go see them in Volbeat, and I never got to see that one either. <laughs> as long as we can all make the same Jesus joke, Jesus Christ. Um... <laughs> <laughs> great band anyways <laughs> um, articulate so we're into the second part of vinnie paul and we need to take our shot from outlaw distillery once again we are drinking the delicious uh bourbon whiskey Ooh, good cork Ooh. pop those are my favorite to edit because i turn them way up oh yeah You are or no? I thought you said you weren't. I'm good. All right. Oh. Okay, you're confused. A big thanks once again to Outlaw, because without them, we wouldn't have this podcast. And you know what? My band wouldn't have any merch, so thanks, guys. Cheers! Stop sucking dick. Ah, <laughs> delicious. No, it's just all that lotion. All that <laughs> lotion. Not it's okay, any... Chase. Not everyone has to drink on this podcast. Just because you have to drive in a minute. <laughs> That's fine. Anyways, thank you to Outlaw. You guys are amazing. And please look up Outlaw Distillery. They sponsor a few amazing bands here in Utah that need some recognition. Truce in Blood, Encrypted, and uh, what's that band with the vocalist with the stupid piercings in his face and the guitarist is super not hot? Oh, Disengaged. Oh. (laughs) No, I think the singer of Disengaged was in Twist Tide, but they they didn't want him anymore because he sucked at bass. Yeah, that's true. Now that we've had our delicious shot from Outlaw Distillery, let's get into the opening act. Uh, Obviously, in this episode, we're going to cover the little more obscure bands that Vinnie Paul was involved with. Rebel Meets Rebel and Hell Yeah. 
which are both super groups of monumental proportion. And so my um, opening act today is I want to know if you could do a super group, who would be in it? You got to have a full lineup and only deceased players. Oh, damn. Exactly. It's, it's hard, isn't it? Holy shit. I know. Luckily for me, I already have this planned out. Really? Well, lucky oh, you. really? That's hard because you came up with the act. <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know. fucking hard, man. I know. Let's hear it then, Des Boy. All right, all right, all right. So, all right, all first right, off, right. the best vocalist and bass player I can think of for the job, Mister Lemmy Kilmister. Wait, so you're the vocalist of this? No, he's vocals and bass. Lemmy Kilmister. So, wait, I thought it was a super group that you're going to be a part of with... No, if you can make a super group. I mean, if I'm going to be involved, yeah, I'm on vocals, Lemmy's on bass. How's that? Okay. I wanted to understand. Killer. I like it. I like it a lot. So, we got me on vocals, Lemmers on bass, Obby, Dimebag is going to be on guitar, right? I would be greedy, and I would take Vinnie Paul right now, but I'm not going to, okay? I'm going to go with man. The Rev. The Rev's going to be my drummer because That's I wanted to one. see more work from him. And I think that uh, Dimebag's guitar style would really be complimentary to him, especially with the heavy hitting bass of Lemmy Kilmister. It's just going to be chaos on stage, especially since I can't sing. So, guys, Damn, what he you also should name them. And this one is going to be called... Motor gauged avenge. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Motor gauged avenge Terra. Oh god. I ain't doing that shit. Fuck that. You gotta I'm, name not, it. I'm not as creative as you. That fuck wasn't that. even creative. You're just so creative. My turn? Yeah, it's your turn there. Um John Bonham. Ooh. Cliff Burton. Ooh. Wow. Uh, Firing him off. Damn, he's already winning. You still need guitarists, dude. Yep. What are you doing in the band? Because I had to be Clint. in my band. I mean, no, I already said him. Uh, I don't know. We can just do Dime. All right, cool. You're with Dime as well. What do I have left? Vocalist? Vocalist. Is it, I don't know. Bon? Scott? Ooh, fuck you, you asshole. That's a really good <laughs> choice. What a dick. What a dick. <laughs> Man, what a dick. I'm surprised no one chose old Chucky from death uh, as the vocalist or guitarist. Well, he hasn't gone yet. Oh, fuck. (laughs) So Chase. Chucky, (laughs) you. Chuck Shulder. Shulder. I want to say I'm surprised you didn't say Cliff, but I want to say I'm surprised you didn't say Bon Scott. You know, I'm amazed I didn't do Bon Scott either, but I thought I was filling two slots with Lemmy, but you made me be in my band, so it's fine. Um, Chase, supergroup, supergroup. God damn it, guys, taking all my, my people. You can ones. use some of the same people if you like. <laughs> okay, I'll put Vinny on the drums. Ooh, with Dio up front. Yeah. Oh damn, that is a good one. And, Dio, uh, sing me a song. You're a singer. <sighs> and uh, obviously, you're on one of the guitars, right? Obvious. I just feel Duh. like Cliff is a must. 
Cliff is a really player. fun bass player to have. That's a good choice. I like to see Vinny and Paul banging out with Paul on bass. <laughs> wow. wow. You're talking about Paul Gray, right? Yeah. Nice, nice. Paul Gray of Slipknot. So you got just good. The, I wish four? I chose that one, but I. Ah, fuck, it's hard. Nice. I like all of our supergroups. Neither of you had names like I did, but whatever. It's, uh. Deteranaut. <laughs> Deteranaut! Actually, Deteranaut. yours sounds more like a name than mine did. <laughs> we are Deteranaut! <laughs> and, you know, we don't have Tasha here to judge for us, so I'm just going to say, Chase, you win. Wow. With Deteranaut. Wait, Dylan still has to come up with a name. Oh, yeah, you need a name. Oh, I said fuck that. I said I didn't oh, want a name. His fuck band that. is called Fuck That. Also kind of good. <laughs> Yeah, you all want to. I didn't want hey, a name. Y'all want fuck a single? That. I just say wanted, fuck that. Yeah, I just fuck wanted to come that. up with fuck who the that. fuck butt crack. Butt crack. Butt crack. <laughs> the single is called butt crack. <laughs> uh, so now that we've gotten through our amazing opening act, we've chased one with flying colors with Deteranaut. right? Is that what it was? Deteranaut. Deteranaut. Um, we can get into the man, the myth, the legend, Vinny motherfucking Paul. And his next uh, venture would actually um, come during the end of Pantera and during Damage Plan. They met up with one of their heroes and gods and idols, and one of mine as well, Dave and Alan Coe, to record uh, an album's worth of songs in 1993. This album is ridiculous because it took 10 fucking years. I will say it is actually very good. It is. It's fun. Hazardous. And <laughs> what? God damn it! Um, so it was recorded over 1993 to 2003, but wasn't released until May 2nd of 2006. Um, obviously, after Dime had passed, but some of that was to get um, David Alco's vocals on and to finish production on the drums and such. Um, Rebel meets Rebel is an album that stands apart from the rest of their music, but at the same time still has that Pantera flavor. It's definitely got that Western, you know, Southern trend kill sound. Yeah. You feel it. And the album is really what I kind of wanted when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid and I was listening to David Allen Call, I was like, this is cool, but you know, it could be heavier. It could be crushing. And a little less racist. Like when my dad introduced <laughs> me to David Allen Call, he's like, now listen, son, he says some words in this and uh, those words you shouldn't repeat. And they start with an N and you just got to realize that he was raised in a different time and a different place. So <laughs> and Neanderthal. <laughs> Neanderthal. It's touchy. It's a touchy word. Nozzle. Yeah, also touchy. Nipple. Don't say that in school. Nautical as well. Um, Nordic. Narwhal was on one of Pantera's albums. Obviously. Yeah, I am the Narwhal. Far Beyond Narwhal, I believe, was the name of the album. I think it was, you know. I'm pretty sure. Vulgar Display of Nautical was also one. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because it was all about sailing. Yes, Anyways, it was. Uh, Rebel Meets Rebel of Sailing <laughs> is the perfect marriage for me between David Allen Coe's lyrics and Pantera style instrumentals. Uh, after this album, uh, he was gifted a guitar from Dime that is the Rebel flag on a Dime ML. And it's beautiful. It's a great guitar he plays. 
Uh, I just love this whole album. If you've got any love for Outlaw Country, which in itself is more rock and roll and heavy metal than anything else, you're going to love this album. And especially if you love Pantera. Um, the fun thing about this one is not often do you get to hear the vocals of Dimebag Daryl, but oh, yeah. all the backups on this are done by Dime and Vinny, which is, it's oh. kind of, that's kind of awesome. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it's like I, the it, original version of Hazardous. Exactly. How you, ah, you're on that. I didn't connect that until now. This yeah. is, this is Hazardous. This is Hazardous. <laughs> I felt um, like we did really good on that one. I thought so too. Too bad you didn't do um, the second one. Rebel meets Rebel. Too bad you didn't go fuck yourself like I told you to. <laughs> I have. It was successful. I'm gonna bend my dick to my ass. Who wouldn't? So I can fuck it. I'm gonna bend my dick to my fucking ass. Bend my dick to my ass so I can shit on myself. God. Rebel meets Rebel didn't have a whole lot of commercial appeal because a lot of people really kind of wrote off David Allen Coe because of his, uh, you know, more racist views. There are some really good songs on there if you're a fan of Outlaw Country and Pantera-style instrumentals. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to tell a story about David Allen Coe that makes me laugh because uh-huh. it just shows how country used to have a different attitude about it. It didn't used to always be this, you know, I'm crying and i'm sad because i lost my puppy in the rain it wasn't always that there was more of a rock and roll thank you more of a (laughs) (laughs) more of a rock and roll attitude to it um david allen co tells a story where he was going to a record label thinking about switching over to this record label from his current he went to the office for his appointment showed up uh, about 10 minutes early Ended up waiting there for two hours in the waiting room for the record executive to meet with him. So he waits there patiently, doesn't say anything, doesn't make a fuss. Eventually, the record exec calls him into his office. Two hours of waiting was too much for David Allen Co. He walks into the man's office, shakes his hand, stands up on the man's desk, pulls his pants down and whips his dick out. And he says, listen... Next time I'm waiting for you for two fucking hours, you better have somebody sucking my dick. Otherwise, you're wasting my time. <laughs> Got him. I do nice. not know if that's a label he is signed with ever. <laughs> I don't know how they treated him after that. But it just shows you the kind of style. You should treat him like God. I know. <laughs> you should either treat him like God or kick him out of your office real fast. But... it just shows you that outlaw country is different from normal country that you know it's totally different so when you listen to this album keep that in mind that that's the man you're dealing with anyways i should probably move on to the next um band that Vinny ended up working with which is the almighty now hell yeah and hell yeah really gained ground real fast The original conception for Hell Yeah happened backstage at a tour. Um, all these bands, Slayer, Mudvayne, Nothing Face, Mastodon, they're all on this... Um, sorry, I'm trying to find the name. Were you saying they toured together? It was on a festival. 
Oh, it was on the was oh, it's on the Tattoo the Earth tour. Sorry, it was a tour. Uh, in 2000, members of Mudvayne, Nothing Face, Slayer, Slipknot, Seven Dust, uh, all talked about doing a supergroup. Um, was that in order? I don't know or if that's the that... actual order. That's just who was on the tour and oh, who was talking about. I just it. heard you say Seven Dust after Slipknot, and that's uh, I don't know. That's just what I came up on this little okay uh, article. Anyways, I'm I'm a huge fan of Nothing Face. They're not a super popular band, but they're a new metal band from the time of Mudvayne, you know, in that Cold Chamber, Slipknot era when everything was really getting hyped up there. But anyways, they start talking about this side project idea that's supposed to be a super group that's more of a, you know, country metal thing you know it, southern metal yeah. yeah it it seems to me like what we had with rebel meets rebel is like the precursor to hell yeah now in this time that they were first talking about it uh vinnie paul said hey i want in but this is back in 2000 now when they finally got around doing it uh chad gray of uh mudvayne was kind of the guy putting it together with uh, Tom Maxwell of nothing face. They're the guys making all the members come together and record and put songs together. They originally went with the drummer of Mudvayne, but that didn't work out. It kind of fell to the wayside and they were like, fuck, we need a drummer in this time. Dimebag gets shot and Vinny without his brother, didn't know if he wanted to continue doing music, which is understandable. When you go from the age of like 12 to 50 i mean sorry like 30 I literally was about to say that like yeah. how would he even want to yeah continue? it's hard to continue without your brother in arms right right i i get it but after 18 months of being off chad and tom approach Vinny with the idea and he says hell yeah hell yeah and and boom we have a band and boom exactly we and have a band <laughs> i so this is kind of embarrassing. Back when Hell Yeah was coming out, I lost my fucking mind on metal. I was going every direction I could. I was going death, tech death, power metal, well, western. What year is this? Wait, when did this first album come out? Let's see here. Uh, oh, I have it right here. Duh. So about 2007 is when I really started to delve into metal outside of rock and roll. Like, I was really going into rock and roll, like... ACDC, that kind of thing, um, and the history behind rock and roll and heavy metal till that point. And then about 2007, when Hell Yeah did come out, oh, I was just taking in all the new oh, stuff. Wow. Everything new I could get my hands on was great. I had two Hell Yeah shirts. Both of them were the exact same. They were both the album cover of the first record, Hell Yeah, which was released April 10th, 2007. And holy shit. I, just like potato chips, you cannot just have one. You have to mm. keep listening to this album. Eat those there, salty chips. <laughs> salty. There was so much on this album that I thought was worth appreciating. It had the rock and roll hooks that I loved and the heavy riffs that I had come to know. Plus, I was still in love with Mudvayne. You know? I oh, yeah. I don't think that'll ever go away. No, Mudvayne <laughs> is one of those new metal bands that influenced more than just new metal. It's kind of sad that some of the new metal bands didn't, 
but Mudvayne really took it to another level. They would eventually end in 2010, but in 2007, I was still riding the Mudvayne wave, and Chad Gray was my favesies, especially since I've been a vocalist since, like, 2005. You know, strictly, back then I was still doing drums vocals, guitar vocals. The Renaissance man. I love the Renaissance. I will pay two pennies to get a cushion in the round theater. You started disengaged, what, 2012? I did start with disengaged in 2012, yeah. And uh, this whole thing... So, the way Hell Yeah is classified is somewhere between heavy metal hard rock groove metal and this southern metal kind of thing we have going on and it's it's fun like i said i had two hell yeah shirts that i wore into the grave like shirts that are beyond repair this shirt i'm wearing right now is a pantera shirt that is over 20 years old and it's still together i remember seeing a picture just the other day of that shirt when it was in its full thing and now it's faded as when you could read it (laughs) i have this exact shirt hot topic reprinted it's an old pantera shirt from their original cowboys from hell tour um they reprinted it and i have in my room it's still in pristine condition but this thing i've worn to death but my hell yeah shirts my two hell yeah shirts there was holes in them. The design was gone completely by the time I stopped wearing it. <laughs> I love Hell Yeah. Man. Hell Yeah is, to me, kind of an underrated band in today's society, only because oh, I agree. there's yeah, there's a lot going on with them. They have the hard hits of Pantera. They have the vocals of Mudvayne, which is, I just can't get past it, Chad. I'm sorry. Right. But your vocals to me will always say Mudvayne, and in some of these songs, I can hear that totally you were shooting for a Mudvayne feel. Oh, Sorry, yeah. dude, it's there. Yep. You know, so this first album, Hell it's Yeah, it's like you hear me, you think Mudvayne. Is this it, a Mudvayne song? Oh, that's wait. what I first thought when I heard <laughs> Hell Yeah, the song on the radio. I was like, Oh my god, holy shit, a new Mudvayne there, album! Yeah, there's more Mudvayne. Yeah, I was so excited. But I got into that first album. I have listened to the Hell Yeah album by Hell Yeah so much. Like I had, I had it on a physical CD for years, and I don't have it anymore because it's dead. Like it's gone. Is toasty. Yeah, I eventually sold it to Fye, who kind of refurbished it and whatever. But you know, I needed the money at the time. (laughs) But it was a great album. They had a song on there that was dedicated to dime and all the other, um, great metal musicians we've lost called thank you. And if you haven't listened to it, please do. It's, it is worth your time. Also, you wouldn't know is an amazing song that kind of touched my heart. Both. I don't know. This whole album has a lot of, you wouldn't know. Oh, uh, I know it kind of sounded like there's a song that you wouldn't know, but, uh, that's how it sounded. Yeah. Um, this album, I don't know. I was also going through a hard loss. My best friend at the time, Trek, had died. So the song Thank You really uh, touched my soul. And there was a lot going on in this album in that time in my life. But Hell Yeah was definitely something I needed to pay attention to. Something I needed in my life. It their is next nice to have those songs of like the remembrance of the, the fallen metal brothers. Exactly. And then those times, it's amazing coincidental songs that come out at those times, yeah. you know? In your own life. And, and we have both been there. Exactly. Uh, Dylan has lost uh, Chovy, the original vocalist for uh, Cities of Desolation, um, a few years after I lost Trek. And, you know, that's something we really bonded over. And we've got a song coming out on the next Disengaged album about it. It's pretty great. But 
I love I attached so much emotionally to that album that it was kind of hard to move on from that. I really needed more Hell Yeah, but at the time it came out, I I don't know, I was still very emotionally attached to Hell Yeah's original album. But Stampede came out July 13th, 2010. Don't get your ass mufasa by this Stampede. <laughs> mufasa. <laughs> it's they <laughs> They turned it up, you know? It's it's Hell Yeah original album, but a little heavier. Because that first album was really good, but it kind of aired on the side of rock and roll more than heavy metal. Except for that opening drum fill to Hell Yeah with that guitar. Holy shit, that was awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hell yeah. <laughs> but Stampede, I ignored almost. But I listen like I owned it on CD, but I almost ignored it, you know. Like I listened to that on CD a lot, but it wasn't like the main thing on my spin for a long time. I came back to it a couple of years later, and it was fantastic, and it's a great album. I, I highly recommend it. But after that was probably the album that influenced me the second most, Band of Brothers. In uh, July seventeenth, two thousand twelve, for me, it breathed. It breathed new life into Hell Yeah, and I think for a lot of their fans did too, because it had that sense of brotherhood, it had that sense of unity, and just, I don't know, if you listen to the album, it sounds a little more together. I don't know who all wrote on the first two albums, I don't know what the thing is, but honestly, the band sounds whole on Band of Brothers. And that's rare to find from supergroups, you know? A lot of times you think supergroups are so cool, it's going to work out so well. And a lot of times they do come out with like one or maybe two good albums, but usually it never lasts because there's always creative differences. And sometimes people's ego gets in the way because, you know, they're supergroups, but there are some established that artists, yeah. That supergroups can actually be bands with their own identity. And that's that's where I think this band took, took that. They got their identity on Band of Brothers because between Hell Yeah, Stampede, and Band of Brothers, members changed not only were there members of nothing face but there were different members of hell of uh medvane coming in and out but the core three members remained the same the other two were just kind of a mystery gambit in band of brothers they really (laughs) (laughs) oh boy they really gained ground they really made themselves (laughs) what they would be band of brothers balanced the sound i think like i want to say heavier but that's just because it's me you know i like things heavy Mm. and this album definitely had less slow songs Mm. than like if you were to compare stampede and uh hell yeah but at the same time it just felt balanced even though i felt it was heavier you know it felt like they really came into their own Anyways, I just love when you can tell the difference between bands writing together and not. It's it's right. well, pretty amazing. Right, cohesive. Good word. Good word, Good bro. Words, 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 words. Um, the next album. <laughs> so, this next album, "Blood for Blood" or "Sangre de Sangre," came out June tenth, two thousand fourteen. And I slept the fuck on this record. There were a lot of great records coming out in 2014 that what? I slept on it. I just didn't. Oh. I didn't listen to it. You made a mattress, I, comprised of this album. Mm-hmm. You slept on it. Yeah. 
<laughs> I wouldn't discover this album until at least 2015, honestly. Um, there were so many good albums coming out that year that I just didn't hear it, honestly. There was so much heavy stuff that I needed to be into, and Disengaged was doing a lot in 2014, so I was very busy. But 2015 came around, and I finally discovered Blood for Blood. Shit, dude. Like, that new life that was... Breathed into this band. You'll get it. During Band of Brothers. I know that's twice now. I've fucked up the same phrase. You'll get there. Um, I still love you. They they really <laughs> used it. I think Blood for Blood shows the most pure form of who this band is. This band is not just a super group in this band. This band is itself. You know? Band of Brothers showed that they could do it. Blood for Blood just reinforced that. And it's like... The difference between Slipknot self-titled and Iowa, you know, the sound was there together on Slipknot, but in Iowa it was stronger. Same with Blood for Blood. And I, I just can't believe I slept on it for so long. You know, it, it's one of those records that it's like, wait, <laughs> why right. did you ignore that? Right. Stupid. <laughs> Come on, stupid. Come on, stupid. Why are you so stupid? Uh, I, I can't even get over how stupid I am. What were you thinking? I don't think I was thinking. <laughs> Desmo fucking Troy. And our former um, mad manager, show, she loved, she honestly has loved Hell Yeah from day one till... That I did not know. Her Hell whole yeah. family loves Hell Yeah. They go to every oh. show. Hell yeah. They've bought every album. And like even when I was ignoring Hell so Yeah... Fun. They loved it. I'm trying so, to be serious and over my shoulder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I got to give her credit because I wouldn't have listened to this in 2015 had she not hit me up about it. She was like, you know, hell yeah rules. And I was like, I know hell yeah rules, but have you heard the new revocation? Right. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, there will be an episode on that. I want you on that, Chase, with um, Brennan and Chad, by the way. That would be super fun. Right? It would be a good one because Dave Davidson one? is God. Who's Revocation? No. Yeah. Good band. Well, you could say hell yeah. Ha. Hell yeah. <laughs> the next album that would come out, um, undeniably awesome. Undeniable. Because the album is called Undeniable, which will be released June 3rd, 2016. One sec, I'm about to confirm something. God, this is a summertime band. Sorry. I just, every fucking album comes out April, June, July. Right. Just saying. They just like take a couple years and they're like, all right, it's summertime. We're pretty much a winter band. Yeah, we always release in winter. Right. Uh, Which it's kind of looking like that's how it's going to go again. But pretty much. Undeniable (laughs) is. So it's the last album you're going to hear from Hell Yeah because obviously Dime. Fuck. Yeah. It's the last album you're going to hear from Hell Yeah because Vinny. Uh, passed in 2018 and they didn't get a chance to put out their last album. This album was released June 3rd, 2016 and it's a hell of a way to end a band. It's, I feel deviates from their original, from the sound I think they gained in Blood for Blood and Band of Brothers, but in a heavy way. A lot of the uh, Mudvayne feel is heavily there and undeniable. I think it's because there's some sort of pent-up aggression, and it kind of reminds me of um, Dope. Uh, Dope sound. uh, With some of their heavier dope tracks. (laughs) Good job, Marilyn Manson. (laughs) 
it reminds me heavily of Dope and bands that were around in that time. Remember Dope? Uh, it, it really this whole band has a progression that is fueled by these supergroup members. You know, you can almost pin each album to one of the members of the supergroup, but at the same time, like I said, it becomes more cohesive over time. The the question I really have with these though is we all know how much unproduced and you know unused work there was with Dime. We're still hearing new tracks and new solos. In Undeniable, there's a cover of a Phil Collins song that they use a solo from Dimebag from way back in the day. There's a Nickelback song that uses a Dimebag solo. There's just all kinds of Dime stuff that's stored away for later days, and we're still getting it. Now, I don't know, but I think with the rate that Hell Yeah was putting out albums, there might be some already written Hell Yeah stuff for the next album. I don't know if this is the last we're going to hear, but I hope not. With the Abbott family, it seems that they just keep making music, and they can't help it, you know? They might, like, pull a nightmare situation. That might that would be really cool, actually. You know, um, Avenged Sevenfold's Nightmare, not everyone knows, but The Rev wrote the drums for it, but did not get the chance to record all the drums for it. a lot of it. them. A lot of them, not, yeah. Not, ev- like, not all. Of them, not all but... of them. But they had the legend Mike Portnoy, yes. formerly of Dream Theater, come in and he just he did it justice and it was fantastic so i'm hoping maybe that some sort of thing happens or if they have it recorded that would be amazing but please uh, don't give up on Vinny. don't give up on dime there's still more i believe to be released but like i said i don't know like piss who the hell heard piss coming you know (laughs) a former i I think it was supposed to be on vulgar display but they just now, well, a couple of years ago, fucking I'm sure we'll hear more. produced it and released it. We'll hear more. Definitely. Sure. We'll you know? hell more. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know. Piss. <laughs> oh, I love our Piss. Sorry. <laughs> right. I, I think Vinny and Dime were a true legacy they have i say icons icons Um, great great way to put it they changed the face of music if you look at someone holding an ml what's the first thing you think you think dime right you know Uh, you see somebody in a cowboy hat with a fucking dragon on it what the hell is the first (laughs) thing you think that's right Vinny motherfucking paul I also look at it is so a fellow un- cowboy fan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Vinny Paul is a huge Cowboys fan. He is. <laughs> that poor man. <laughs> I know. He obviously didn't know Shut football. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, you fan of nothing. <laughs> go, Pat, go. Fan of nothing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real tragedy that we've lost both Dime and Vinny, and I, I don't know what I can say that would ever console somebody. But I do know that when I heard that Vinny passed, I cried, you know, and all these celebrity deaths and all these musician deaths, not a lot of them mean a whole lot to me because I didn't get to know them, but I did get to know their music. I cried when Vinny died. I cried when Lemmy died. You know, I don't think anyone's really hit me that hard, you know, because when I got into Pantera, it was like three years and then Dime died. You know? Like, that's sad. 
I just like, I didn't even shed a tear because I didn't know Pantera that well, you know, I got to know Vinny as a musician. And later I got to know that celebrities loved him. That really, I think shows the true measure of who you are is because celebrities are very conceited. They're, they love themselves a lot. I'm not going to say all, but a lot do they get into a lot of heavy drugs and uh, they just they lose touch with reality really really fast so to see that so many celebrities were touched by vinnie paul i don't know it made me feel like it wasn't just me you know i don't know if you guys have seen it but um sebastian bach uh formerly of skid row he uh did a video talking about finding about Finding out about Vinnie Paul. Yeah, bowling is that now? Yeah. Fuck, dude, that I cried watching that, right. dude. It, it is so sad. Maybe I'll post that on the Salt really City page. You. It's uh, that video does hit you. It's a heavy thing, you know. I you couldn't even comprehend what was going on. No, dude. When okay, so when I found out about this, I had just finished the podcast with uh, Chad Anderson and Brendan Conley. Right. Um, I remember Helion Prime message. and uh, dipped in whiskey. Right. Oh my I god! You texted me. I'm just like, you're lying. Like exactly the way I found out. Brennan texts me and he goes, me? "Dude, Vinnie Paul died." I thought he was kidding. Like I thought yeah, it's, it's cruel joke, but I thought it was a joke. Yeah, you know, joking all night. You know, I thought yeah, you were exactly. totally fucking with me. No, yeah, and I, I like, put that in, fuck, in our man? band group chat, and I was like, "Fuck!" I just remember like. Hitting my phone and just seeing Vinny, like, Vinny died. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, See, and that's the thing is, joking. I didn't need to say more than Vinny died. Yeah. And you knew exactly said, who yeah. I was talking about. It's, yep. it's a monumental loss, I think, to the metal community. Especially for someone who has shaped genres, full genres that involve right. hundreds of bands. You know? I'm just like, you fucking with me? Because that's not funny. <laughs> So I guess really the message here is like I feel like I slept on a lot of the uh, hell yeah stuff while it was being made. I mean, while when it first came out, and then you know a couple years later I came back to it. But fuck, just enjoy those bands, you know. Go see them when you can. You don't know when the last time you're gonna see a band is. Like my biggest regret in my life right now is that I've never seen Motorhead live, but Motorhead is like in my top five of bands ever, right. you know. Oh, that is just the biggest thing. And, you know, I'm so fortunate that I actually got to see Vinnie Paul play live at least one fucking time, you know, and I felt like that. And you got to see Down. Yeah, <laughs> saw Down as well. And that's like three that quarters Pantera, you know. And when Vinnie s- stood up after their yeah, set, yeah, that's, pointed out with his drumsticks. That's Phil and Rex, isn't it? Yeah, Phil and Rex. I don't know when he pointed out with his drumsticks and stood up at the end of their set. I don't, he made eye contact with me and the crowd. You know what I mean? He scanned the crowd Who for everybody. This? Vinnie Paul. Oh, nice. I think it's an amazing thing when someone really appreciates their fans, appreciates oh, yeah. who's around them. And I feel like Vinnie Paul was one of those people. Everything I've ever seen with him hanging out with the people who he does hang out with. He's a really nice dude. That makes me happy, too, because there's a lot of them that don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's it's hard to find celebrities of his caliber that give a shit about the common dude, you know? And he really did. And he, the friends he had, he loved purely, you know? And he made sure that you knew that. So be a good dude. 
you know, go out there. If you're making music, be a brother to someone else that's making music, you know, help them out right. with a show. Uh, if they need a band member, help them find that band member. If you are that band member, fucking help them out. It's all about brotherhood. And I think that's the biggest thing to take away from Vinnie Paul is he lost his brother, but he made so many more brothers in the process, you right. know, wouldn't that stop him? Hell yeah. Man, ah. I didn't even mean that one. <laughs> oh, shit. I really appreciate all you guys listening to Assault City Circle Pit, and please let us know about bands that you want to hear about, and you can hit me up at my email at assaultcitycp at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Facebook just under Assault City Circle Pit. Uh, you can listen to our uh, playlist every week on Spotify at FatMaggot92. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Desengaged. And please, be a good brother to everybody out there. Do you guys got to sign off this time or no? Fuck your face. <laughs> Again. Hail Michael. Same thing. All right. Killer, guys. And hail Lemmy. And from all of us here at Assault City Circle Pit, thanks for sticking around for 51 episodes. I know it's been hard because we've been having a lot of troubles. But we'll see you in the pit. <laughs>